Since 1912, the Better Business Bureau has been an integral part of American business. BBB represents knowledge for consumers, resources for business owners, and accountability for all in a free market. We believe that informed is empowered. Empowered people run better businesses, make better buying decisions, and build better communities. That's why we're broadcasting information you need to know to work better, buy better, give better, live better. This is BBB Presents. Thanks for tuning in to this episode, BBB Presents Cybersecurity in a Crisis, featuring Dave Hatter, one of Cincinnati's top cybersecurity professionals, joining us from Intrust IT, the award-winning cybersecurity company. Dave will talk with BBB's Sarah Kemmerer about the increased need for cybersecurity in a world of digital workplaces and remote workers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Sarah Kemmerer with your Cincinnati Better Business Bureau. Today, we are joined by Dave Hatter, one of Cincinnati's top cybersecurity professionals for InTrust IT. He's an award-winning consultant for who, for decades, has specialized on software development and cybersecurity. And he also happens to be a really good friend of Cincinnati BBB. So, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, it's my pleasure, Sarah. I appreciate you guys having me. I always appreciate the opportunity to try to help people stay more safe and more secure out there in our crazy interconnected world. We have the same exact motto as you do. So <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show today. Now, I'm sure that your office has been very overwhelmed these past few months with security needs and software questions, with so many people being forced to work from home this year. And I'm sure the requests are not slowing down anytime soon. And since COVID has forced so many people to work from home, most with little time to prepare, what have we seen as the impact in our society? Well, I think the pandemic has really demonstrated that technology has progressed to the point where people can work remotely. You know, they're using email, chat, video conferencing, collaboration mm-hmm. software, and cloud applications um, to work together productively and collaboratively. The numbers are way up on all these things. If you look at what Microsoft has reported on their Teams product or Zoom, I mean, people are just going crazy with these things. Um, and I think that's a good thing, but the pandemic has also forced people to work with tools they're not accustomed to. They've had to adapt quickly, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes without much IT support. You know, they've been forced to use their own equipment at home, which is generally not going to be as secure as their office environment. So I think we've seen a lot of changes. It's created a lot of stress for people, but it's also created a lot of opportunities. And you know, I think there's an interesting comment from Julie Kraps, a career coach. She said, quote, I think you'll see a new norm around trust and respect as it pertains to managing staff. Uh, you know, folks are able to be productive and work from wherever they are now. And I think that's going to have a long-term impact on businesses who won't necessarily want to bring all of their employees back to the office full-time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen folks like the CEO of Barclays, the, the big bank in the U.K., say that they've got 70,000 worldwide staff folks working remotely as a result of the pandemic. Um, his name is Jeff Staley. He said this is causing them to reconsider their, quote, location strategy. Um, because the bank is being run by staff working, quote, from their kitchen. Um, <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. This is a huge, well-known international bank, and, you know, uh, folks are getting things done. He also said, and I thought this was interesting, the notion of putting 7,000 people in the building may be a thing of the past. And other large companies like Fujitsu in Japan have said that maybe as many as 80,000 people won't ever go back into the office full-time. They'll work remotely and or they'll use what's often called hot desking or hoteling where, you know, folks show up, they do have office space when they need it, 
But, you know, think about the amount of money a company could save in terms of overhead, insurance, et cetera, by having folks work remotely. So I think this is going to have a long-term impact on the way people work, uh, both mm-hmm. from a technological standpoint and just from a, a, an everyday work experience standpoint. Well, it's truly incredible that we're able to see all these large companies still fully operate from home as if nothing ever happened, <laughs> just people switching from office to office around their house. <laughs> I think it's a real testament to the technology that uh, has mm-hmm. been built up over the years and also a real testament to people's ability to adapt and flexibility and, and, and willingness and necessity, frankly, to be able to continue working and providing you know, quality goods and services despite the, uh, the difficult situation we find ourselves in. Right, and you bring up a really great point about the flexibility aspect. And I really like the flexibility when it comes to working from home. And if, I like to think that if you were to look back 20 years ago, most, Ameri- most working Americans would work 9 to 5 every day um, and live that typical schedule. But nowadays, work styles and hours, they differ home to home. And I think that's kind of fun to think about. And, of course, when you have an increase in working from home, you get an increase in the scams that pertain to technology. So here at the BBB, we've seen an increase in scammers taking advantage of people who may be using their personal devices that don't have as much protection as their work devices had. And not only are we seeing an increase in these scams, but also the Federal, the Federal Trade Commission and the FBI has also seen an increase as well. So what are the most common scams that you've been seeing technology-wise? Well, sadly, there's a lot of them. And, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. I'm a friend of the BBB. I appreciate what you guys are doing out there to try to raise awareness and your tools like Scam Tracker. And, you know, thankfully, there are many other organizations out there like the FBI, the FTC, uh, Secret Service, and so forth, who are, are trying to raise awareness and, frankly, catch the bad guys when they can, although that's really difficult. So, you know, I know there, there, there have been many different types of scams reported around COVID-19. We could probably spend an hour just talking about some of them because, you know, the bad guys are very creative, they're very devious, and frankly, in many cases, really evil. There are scams around the PPP program, there are scams around the stimulus payment program. You name it, they've hit on it. And mm-hmm. uh, there's some interesting insight from FBI Assistant Director Tanya Ugaretz, who spoke recently at an online panel for the Aspen Institute. She said that there, the number of Internet crime-related reports has quadrupled in recent months compared to the time before the pandemic. Quote, the FBI has an Internet Crime Complaint Center, the IC3, that's been incredibly busy over the past few months. She said, quote, they might typically receive 1,000 complaints a day through their internal portal, or their Internet portal, I'm sorry, and they are now receiving something like three to 4,000 complaints a day. Not all COVID-19 related, but a good number of those are. Mm-hmm. Everything from setting up fraudulent Internet domains, we've seen people set up fraudulent COVID charities, promise delivery of masks and other equipment, and then deliver fraudulent equipment, uh, fraudulent loans, extortions, et cetera. So pretty much, sadly, anything you can think of, cyber criminals are quite creative, unquote. Mm-hmm. So this is a quote sure. coming, coming from an FBI representative. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of these things out in the marketplace as, as interest with our customers. They're, you know, these things are coming from every angle. And I, and I do want to touch on, in addition to, like, your scam tracker, the Internet mm-hmm. Crime Complaint Center is a valuable tool. If you believe you have been the victim of any sort of Internet-related fraud, I strongly encourage you to go to IC3.org and report it. While the FBI certainly doesn't have the resources to go after every single crime that's reported, um, you know, it gives them awareness. It helps them understand what's out there. It helps them raise awareness so other people don't fall prey to these crimes. And occasionally they do prosecute mm-hmm. some of these guys. And, and it's not just the FBI. Again, 
Many government agencies, the IRS, Secret Service, have warned about this. The FTC recently warned about these kind of scams. They said, quote, they're setting up websites to sell bogus products and use fake emails, texts, and social media posts as a ruse to take your money and get your personal information, unquote. The FDA has also issued warnings about this. Um, they've you know, warned about firms selling fraudulent COVID-19-related products uh, with claims to prevent, treat, mitigate, diagnose, or cure coronavirus. I think we all know at this point so far there is nothing out there that can do that. Uh, and then just it, from in the cybersecurity space itself, you know, there are all kinds of security research firms and firms that provide cybersecurity products and services. A well-known one is Barracuda. They make firewalls and mail processing gateways and so forth. You know, they said they've seen a 667% spike in these types of attacks since February. Um, again, you know, the bad guys know people are working from home. They had to work from home or, or some remote location very quickly, in many cases without any IT support. They're using their own personal equipment. They may have family members using that equipment. Their home networks are generally not going to be as secure as their corporate environments. So it, it really does create a ripe environment for, for the bad guys uh, with scams, brand impersonation, business email compromise, phishing, you name it, they've done it all. And, and it doesn't, you know, they continually change their tactics. They're trying different things, especially as the environment changes, like when the PPP program came out, they started scams around that. Um, so, you know, it, it's unfortunate that folks have got to be vigilant. Right. And we have, it's, I, I like that you brought up those three those um, types of phishing scams because we have seen it seems like we've seen everything under the sun <laughs> that has come through our office, and we never want to scare any consumers. I actually think that consumers have gotten smarter on spotting scams as we are adjusting to technology, but it's still very easy to become a victim. And I always try to tell people to not be embarrassed about coming forward and asking for help because truly anyone can fall for these types of scams. And especially when we are under that stress, our emotions are high, um, there's so much going on around us, it's easier to fall for them. And especially if you're not sitting next to your coworkers anymore, so you can't show them or ask for their opinion on maybe a, an, an email that came through um, at work. So with as many people still working from home, with potentially no end or indefinitely, what can we do on what can we do to be more secure at home? Well, the good thing, Sarah, is there are concrete steps you can take. You don't have to be a technical wizard to do them, and in many cases, they're free or relatively inexpensive. So even if you don't have IT support, there are a lot of things you could do, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I, I want to just circle back around to something you said, which I think is so important. You know, people of, of all walks of life are falling mm -hmm. prey to these scams. Well-known people like Jack Dorsey, the CEO, had a spin swap attack where they took over his account. Um, you know, there's no – you shouldn't be embarrassed. People make mistakes. The bad guys are getting more creative and more devious all the time, and it's getting harder and harder to tell what's real and what's fake. You shouldn't be afraid to ask for help. You shouldn't be afraid to report any type of fraud if you think it's happened to you because hopefully that will help the next person protect themselves by raising that awareness. But some concrete things you can do to be more secure, okay? Use endpoint protection, often called antivirus software. You know, Windows comes with a very good antivirus software built into it, Defender. Many industry experts and organizations have said that Defender is pretty much as good as most third-party software like Norton or McAfee. It's in there. Make sure it's turned on and you update it regularly. And, you know, I probably, if I had to just say one thing 
you must install updates for your software, whether it's software on your phone, the operating system on your phone, your computer, whether it's your router, Internet of Things, or, quote, smart, unquote, devices you might have. You've got to install those updates and plug the gaps. You know, the manufacturers are putting out updates. You must do that. That's one of the main ways the bad guys can scam you is they take advantage of holes in the software. Another thing you could do is use virtual private network or frequently called a VPN. If you're working from home, a VPN will give you the opportunity to create an encrypted channel so the information that's going between your device and whatever you're talking to on the other end is encrypted. It's really important that you get a, a good, well-known VPN that's secure, uh, something like NordVPN, TunnelBear. There's a bunch uh, out there, but you might want to look at a VPN. Mm -hmm. you, should, you should invest in a high-quality Wi-Fi router. Um, you know, there are new features coming out, new, new security aspects of these routers. Many routers, there's been a big story recently, have holes that are difficult to fix. So not only will you potentially be more productive because it will be faster, but you can be a lot more secure. Um, change the default password on your router. And, and any smart device you have, whether it's a smart TV, anything like that, the bad guys can go to the manufacturer's website and look up the default password. Make sure you're changing those. On your router, make sure you're using WPA2 or higher security. That's the encryption that encrypts the data between the devices that talk to the router and the router. Very important to turn that on. Uh, another thing you can do, and this helps protect against ransomware, is use backup of some sort. Um, there are great online backup programs like Carbonite or Datto. Um, even if you just go out and buy an external drive and plug it in, back up your data and make sure that you disconnect it so that ransomware can't get to that backup. If, if you do get ransomware, you know, the FBI has urged people not to pay the ransom. There's no guarantee if you pay the ransom, you'll be able to get your data back. The best bet against ransomware, other than good cyber hygiene in general, antivirus software, good practices, is to make sure you have a sound backup. And it also protects you in the event that your equipment crashes, which unfortunately does happen. It's very um, common. <laughs> it, it's, I think, more common than people realize, or it could be something as simple as you're working from home and your cat knocks your coffee over on your keyboard, and suddenly now, um, you know, your, mm -hmm. your equipment is dead, <laughs> that backup might be a lifesaver, you know. And, and my second strongest piece of advice after the update is use multi-factor authentication, sometimes called two-step authentication, sometimes called mm -hmm. two-factor authentication. Both Microsoft and Google have recently, like within the last year, come out and said multi-factor authentication alone will stop 99% of all automated attacks. So, so what that means to you is, and many people have experienced it with their bank or something, when you go to log in, you not only need to have a username and password, but you will be prompted either by text or through an authenticator app to enter what is typically a six-digit one-time password. So even if the bad guy gets your credentials for an account, because hopefully you're using a you know, unique, strong password on every account, not using the same username and password on every account, even if they get your username and password, they will then be prompted through the multi-factor authentication or MFA process to enter that additional code, which they won't have. Right, so, okay. So anywhere and everywhere you can turn on multi-factor authentication, particularly if there's sensitive information or work-related information, you should be using that. That will make it much, much more difficult for the bad guys to break into your account. And I touched a little bit on passwords, you know, Passwords, if you have multi-factor authentication, aren't as important, but they're still important, and you can't always use multi-factor authentication. So having a strong, unique password for every account is critical, and the best way to do that is to use a password manager. There are many well-known password manager apps out there. 
I'm a big fan of LastPass myself. With, with a password manager, or sometimes known as Password Vault, it gives you the opportunity to use software that can encrypt your password, store them in a very secure fashion, generate very strong passwords for you, and then you won't need to remember them because the password manager will be integrated in your login process. So you can have a 64-character totally insane password or passphrase. It will automatically plug it in. And then when you couple that with multi-factor authentication, it will be very, very difficult to hack your account. Again, these, these are all things you can do at little or no cost to you. Almost everything I've mentioned here costs virtually nothing. Um, it's really just having the knowledge and, and sometimes the skill to do it. And then, then the last few things, you know, upgrade your Internet connection if you want to be more productive. And, and to the extent you can, if you can find IT support through your organization or you have a nerdy friend like me, Call them up, ask for help, use the sites that I mentioned. There's plenty of resources out there where you can get free information. My last thing is you can really boil all of this down outside of the technological aspects of this. You know, to three simple things. If you get an email or a text or someone is calling you on the phone, because the bad guys will use social engineering over the phone sometimes. They'll claim they're from your IT department or whatever. First thing you should do, if anything seems unusual, you're being asked to do something that you've never done before. If you're being asked to do something you're uncomfortable with, if you're told there's some sort of urgency. Because remember, it's easy for the bad guys to send phishing emails that are with spoof email addresses, copy stuff straight off the company's website. It looks extremely, extremely realistic. Stop, think about it for a second, take a breath, and then protect. You can be a human firewall. Right? Don't click that link. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah, really think about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. think about what they're asking you to do. And so let's say you get an email that purports to be from the CEO of your, your company. So you work for a big company. You don't know them personally, right? Call your boss and say, hey, I got this thing. What do you think I should do? Let's say you get an email that purports to be from your bank and says, you know, you need to do this, take this urgent action because your password's changed or whatever. The bank knows your password. They can change it anytime they want for you. They're not going to email you. The IRS is not going to email you and tell you to send them gift cards to pay your taxes. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office is not going to email you and tell you to do a wire transfer or they're going to send the warrant for your arrest for some parking ticket. But they just don't operate that way. Stop. Think about it. And if you get something, you get something from the IRS that says you have taxes, supposedly, supposedly from the IRS. Don't click the links. Don't call the phone numbers. In that email, they, they're probably fake. They may go to a call center overseas where they will pretend to be the IRS. You go yeah. look up the IRS phone number yourself. <laughs> you call that number. You call the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office. You look up your bank's phone number on your own. In the industry, this is called out of band. You go out of band, look up that number, you type in IRS.gov yourself, and do your own homework to confirm whether it's real or not, and 99% of the time you're going to find out with some kind of scam and you just saved yourself and potentially your family or your organization from uh, at, at best embarrassment and at worst potentially being shut down because, you know, they're out of business. So lots of good things you can do. <laughs> I, I appreciate this opportunity to, to chat about it and, you know, I hope people stay safe out there. Of course, you're preaching to the choir with so many <laughs> different aspects of technology and tools that people can use. And the average human being, too, can use these and understand them. And I think, I think we should all take a few minutes, update our passwords, and maybe email or say hi to our IT team, um, because they really are great people that have our first interests in mind. So thank you so much, Dave, for coming on the show today with us.
Um, I'm Sarah Kemmerer with your Cincinnati Better Business Bureau, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of BBB Presents. Until next time, connect with BBB Cincinnati on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Bookmark our site dedicated to resources for consumers and businesses in challenging times at COVID19Cincy.org. Don't forget to check out local businesses and do your part by leaving reviews at BBB.org.